You're listening to And you're listening to the Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to episode 112 of the podcast. It's Friday, March the 24th, 2017. I am one of your hosts, Marvin Yue. Joining me is... Mindy Chang. And we are... I know we promised you another episode from South by Southwest. Well, we we lied. We, we got tired. <laughs> and we went to a Hamilton Pool reserve, Preserves. Yeah, not the, not the play, because we're not baller like that, but we went to a, a very pretty natural pool and hiked around, and um, if you follow myself or Minji on Instagram, you'll, you'll be able to see some pictures from, from that. But we're back in LA, back in our beautiful studio at our office here in downtown Los Angeles, um, <sighs> nice and recovered from our week plus at, uh, at South by Southwest. How are you feeling, Minji? I'm feeling good. I just, I'm sorry. I saw an Instagram right now, totally present and, you know, focused right now. Tony Robbins was here yesterday. At this building? At USC. Oh. That's why I was late. I couldn't, anyway, traffic was like exceptionally terrible. Oh, it all makes sense so now. now. You know. I'm like, really? It's funny because we, we left and we were like physically exhausted because we we're staying up till like, what, 2, 3 a.m. every night and getting up and like going out downtown again for like, what, nine days straight. But, I came back really energized, and then our NPR thing came out. Yeah, we so got good. featured. Minji herself, her voice, was on All Things Considered Oh dear. for a uh, segment on Wednesday's edition of the uh, NPR's uh, news program, I guess. Um, and that was awesome. You got a lot of love for that. Yeah, I was really... <laughs> I was waiting for certain elements to, before... Before I like publicized it, mm. people started like messaging me like, "Dude, are you on the radio?" <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been on KPCC before for the yes. for uh, the I Am Asian American thing last year. That was really but fun. this was the first time collaborations been exactly been, uh, promoted. Exactly, collaboration got that NPR shine, and this was like all things considered, which I listen to like pretty much every day. Yeah. Well, the days that like I need to take off are the days I need to regroup because the world stresses it's, it's me out. It's kind of tough these days because All Things Considered is a news program and the news kind of sucks lately. But they, 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 I think in light of that, they're making this, you know, they're a very balanced program so they try to get really positive stories as well and really interesting, unique stories that you wouldn't hear otherwise which is why I love them. It's not just straight up everything's going to shit. <laughs> um, but no, it's dope and it was, it's uh, 14 million national weekly listeners which is insane. So I'm, yeah, over the moon about that. And it's also another just weird, like, is this real thing? But yay, proud of collaboration. Congrats. I I need to do another shout out to Mandu because I feel like we didn't thank them enough. That <laughs> well, showcase would not have happened without them. Yeah, let's, the um. so in case you haven't noticed, it's there's no guests this week. It's just Minji and myself. We're still recovering from South by Southwest. And by recovering, I mean, we're, we were really lazy. 
We were actually supposed. We were trying to line up some really dope guests for you. No, we have everybody. This is yeah. just the challenge. We've like whined about this before, but <laughs> it's it's great that we have so many people who are down it's scheduling. That is a nightmare. Yeah, but we work. We roll with it. Yeah. Um. So this this week's episode will be a little bit. Uh, well, it'll it'll just be a Minji Marvin banger. Um, I think uh, we could probably just maybe answer some backlog and emails in our feature segment. We have emails? We have emails. They're kind of old. So sorry for those of you who wrote in a while Apologies. ago. Uh, we're getting to them now. But uh, before we get to that, um, we start off every show by talking about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and Asian America. Uh, and let's start with you, Minji. What's on your mind? Go, go, Power Rangers. Yes. You really liked, I mean. We both, so Minji and I both were able to score um, advanced screen tickets to the new adaptation of Power Rangers, um, the movie, the new movie. Um, and so, Minji, what, what, what's your background with Power Rangers back in the day? <laughs> Did you make guess, one of boys who I'm going to totally it? get hated on. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was really cheesy and really like weird. I mean, it's kids programming. It's supposed to be. I know, but um, yeah, wasn't about that life. I was more of like a salute your shorts and uh, are you afraid of the dark kind of chick? Oh, you were Nickelodeon. You were bougie and like. Is that oh. bougie? Because it's cable. cable. It's okay. basic cable. Okay. Some of us didn't have access to basic cable. You know cable. what, though? Cable doesn't always mean better. I've never equated cable <laughs> programming with like better content since I was a child. And I watched a lot of cartoons. I watched Darkwing Duck and Rescue Rangers uh-huh. and all that stuff. Or like Chippendale. Yeah, yeah, Disney Afternoon, that whole block yes. was awesome. And Animaniacs, like that, those are my jams. And so I didn't watch Power Rangers and I just wasn't, like I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love that. Right. I but think it just wasn't my thing. Our generation, which is, uh, Minji and I are about a year apart, um, we were full on Ninja Turtles. I think Power Rangers came at the tail end of when we would be susceptible to that. Yeah. Um, I think it came about, like when we when I was in third and fourth grade, so at that point, when you become an upperclassman in elementary school, <laughs> it became it became one of those things where like you like so ironically, cute. you're like an upperclassman. It was like one, it was one of those things where <laughs> upper grades, right? It's yeah, one, two, three is lower grade, and four, five. Our and elementary school went to sixth grade, so sixth grades were like we used seniors. to go to sixth grade, and yeah. then, then we we're then our dogs. junior high became a middle school. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where you kind of try to like it ironically but you really liked it a lot personally did you um, i didn't <laughs> well i also grew up with a lot of friends and people around me who like you know we watched anime we watched we consumed a lot of japanese pop culture back i in liked the day. i liked um sailor moon specifically so i could draw her not because i really i didn't really <laughs> watch the um cartoons so it's funny i like i latched on to different things but then it was one of the only live action shows we had where we had an actual asian american in the cast it's like um See, as a child i did not one of the really... jokes in the movie was like oh look different color teens yeah <laughs> right? yeah and it was that it was you know and it was you know it was <laughs> i mean you know the black ranger was the black guy the yellow ranger that was, was the a young, funny joke see <laughs> like so, girl, the, but, so like, the movie actually made me like i was into it that's so that's, that's the so, so as, as a, a kid i was fan, not yeah because as as a fan like there was a lot of the movie where yeah, it was cheesy. I can see why people might not like it. Yeah. The pacing got a little slow the second act, but when it all came together, it just There was a lot of redeeming plucked points. those at least for me like it plucked those nostalgic vibes or, I'm I didn't see I didn't catch yeah. on to that. I only saw 
well, I can't spoil it, but I'll talk to you after. Um, but I saw certain things where I was like, oh, you know. and You didn't was, hear when people cheered? I, I saw when people cheered. And yeah. there were people at my screening that were straight up dressed up in uh, like, <laughs> and it was really cute because they didn't have Power Ranger costumes. They all had Power Ranger masks, but they chose a color. Mm. And then they just went all out with the color. <laughs> with like this guy showed up wearing a red t-shirt with a, with a red long johns underneath it. And he wore um, red tights with like red boxers over it. This is why we need some of the kids in here because like, our intern Mitchell is like super young. He's like what twenty twenty one. So baby, and I want to I want to know because it's such a generational thing too. Because Power Rangers were on for are they still on? I don't know if they're still on, but they were on for like fifteen twenty years in different iterations. I mean, friends we know were on that show. Yoshi, like the Starso brothers. Um, Yoshi Starso was one of the later ones. Um, um, Patty. Um, ja, uh, she was a pink ranger in one of the iterations. Um, Very cool. I mean, I was a, I I got sucked in by by Ludi. I think he did a good job, <laughs> and um, he looks really different in the movie versus like press stuff that I'd seen. Mm-hmm. He looks yeah, and he he's adorable. I mean, <laughs> here's what um, so Ludi Lin plays the black ranger. He plays Zach. Um, I don't think he's Zach Taylor in this in this version. No, but he's Zach. Um, he is a Chinese Canadian actor, yeah, um, who has some really great scenes with like his. I his love that's. Yeah. I loved his storyline the most. I wish there was more of him because I feel like he, like the Red Ranger, the Blue Ranger, and the Yellow Ranger, the, the Pink Ranger, got most of the shine. Well, I right? was waiting for the commentary of like the blonde, blue haired guy is a chosen leader. Of, you know, <laughs> I figured there'd be some people. I honestly I was just like, I'm not even going to go there, but. Cross my mind, it's all American but it's the all American. But like, I really appreciate it. it was a very diverse cast. Um, I personally liked Ludi and I liked the Blue Ranger. Those are my favorites. Yeah. They're awesome. Um, the, and then Becky G did not know that was her mm-hmm. until the freaking end when I saw the credits. I was like, wait, say what? Like, <laughs> who? What? Singing in the shower, girl? Um, that was pretty cool. And I didn't even actually know that she was Latina until like really? halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, because the mom didn't look. She kind of looked Latina. Kind of like, but they didn't, I don't know. The brothers were what mm. anchored it. I was like, oh. Um, and then they they alluded to the fact that she's, you know, she's LGBTQ. They kind of like but they glanced didn't. off of it. The, 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 people made a big deal about that in, yeah, the, in, I was the, like, in the press, in the PR that's for That's why it. I was like, yeah. where's the big reveal? And there was none. And I was like, this is stu- not stupid. But I was like, you guys are like freaking out over nothing. Yeah, it's... On one hand, it's, I kind of wish they did more. Yeah. On the other hand, like, I yeah, wish people made a big on. deal about it. I wanted yeah. the Red Ranger to be... Oh, sh- I'm spoiling everything. <laughs> like, but that's what I wanted. I yeah. wanted, like, Scott, Jason Scott to yeah. be... <laughs> well, I want to say, so, um, back to, like, because this original... This team was the original team of Power Rangers. And I think it was this team for the first season before they switched up the cast because um, in real life, the Yellow Ranger died in a car accident. In the middle, like oh. yeah, so that's why the sad face. Um, but it was really like a business situation, and they had to get booked for another gig, <laughs> so they had to work that into the story. No, it was <laughs> it was literally a car accident. Oh, that really happened. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm the worst. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought you were talking about it, they got in a car accident in the show. Oh no, no, no! In real life, the, oh the, my god, the Yellow Ranger so passed away during, I think, in the middle of the first season. I'm so sad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No disrespect to the fans. I didn't mean <laughs> it. I didn't know. Um. Yeah, that's- and uh, fun fact: uh, Ludi Lin isn't actually the first Asian Black Ranger. First Asian Black Ranger was um, Johnny Young Bosch, 
who played uh, who did he play? I forgot his the name, but he went on to have a really great uh, career as a voice actor. Very cool. Well, like the face matters, and like the story matters. And his story with um, his storyline was really touching. And I don't know. It's funny. It kind of took me back to high school and just being young again. There were like some very dramatic moments. I was like, oh, my <laughs> it's God. definitely a more. It's the original show was more like Saved by the Bell. Yeah, that's what I. With that's what, Fu, so I watched right? Saved by the Bell. So I was like, really, you know? <laughs> so I was like, I'll rather take and this Teenage Mutant Ninja like, Turtles. Yeah. Or Saved by the Bell, not combined. Not and this but one is more it. like CW, like yeah, current teen But drama. I appreciate that. And I think it's really, re- I'm really happy for the fans. I think, you know, it's great to have a resurgence and then to have something that like you really enjoy and that you think as a fan kind of does live up to your yeah, I think, standards. I think the fans that I've talked to definitely loved it. Good. Um, everyone else is kind of fifty fifty. Yeah, and it has like a like I think a fifty percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Or I appreciated it. Like I walked out like, oh my god, that was cheesy but really it was fun. fun. It was a yeah. fun fun movie. Uh, for those of you who are about my age or a little bit younger, you guys will love it if you love Power Rangers. Yeah. But if you didn't, uh, you might still like it. Yeah. Just, you know, turn your brain off for a little bit. Granted, I you know we got a free screening, so I don't know if I would have personally like paid to go watch it i would have paid would, to watch it that's good because yeah. you're a fan and i think that's what probably they're counting on yeah but um regardless from a non-fan um who didn't pay for the ticket mm-hmm. but i enjoyed it and i didn't feel like i had wasted two hours of my life which i've gone to free screenings and i've been like why did i just do that to <laughs> myself i could have been reading a book or sleeping so as as a um okay mm. So, what do you think of the addition of Ludi Lin to the pantheon of hot Asian dudes acting now? I approve. I give two thumbs up. <laughs> I think he's really, he's very charming. He's got this like boyish charm about him, but he's only a couple years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I think in the movie, and full disclosure, we were trying to get him on, on the show this week, but we, we have not given up. We, you know. <laughs> Um, we're, we're still, he wanted to we're scheduling, still working it out with scheduling with, with his, yeah he's in the middle of uh, publicizing the movie so very busy guy but um <laughs> I, I i do agree um in the movie he looked like all american dude he was very like just like mm. your general like extreme thrill seeker like kind of just crazy guy just like more i don't know yeah sounds terrible i'm not trying to reinforce stereotypes but just like more more boy like manish masculine (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like that's that's the interesting thing with how i see asians in their like press junkets and when i see them in their photo shoots well in real life he's like asian pop star oh yeah totally like when i saw his photos i was like oh it's like a k-pop boy even though he's like not korean but my um it's just interesting how people you know, we're in entertainment. We understand like the whole spinning thing, the whole PR element to it. Yeah. Um, there are pictures that like our friend Stanley, he takes red carpet photos at like every major Hollywood event. And he had posted on his Instagram, you know, Ludi doing some like kicking. And I'm like, how many Asian guys on the red carpet has been asked to kick? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But and that was kind also of a martial artist. Though, yeah, I know. So. so like I get it. And <laughs> Oh, I'm mean, just on, on the red carpet? Yeah. Oh, that's... You know? That's, did they ask Steven Yoon to do the same thing? Like, he's not a martial artist, <laughs> I don't think. But, you know, I was like, is that the is that how we got to be different? I don't know. I guess. Um, the only red carpet picture I was looking at was the original cast together. and I saw that. It was just cute. Yeah, that was cool. 
Um, okay, so my question to you now that you've seen this reboot is, what is your like? What is your dream? Like something from your childhood to remake into a movie. Oh, like a cartoon or anything. Yeah. Well, we've already had Ninja Turtles, which I didn't really like because it was Michael Bay. But that's what I'm saying. I didn't even watch that because <laughs> the one in the 90s, in my opinion, kicks ass and doesn't need really? to be touched again. Yeah. Well, that's because I watched it as a kid and it like stuck with me. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but like Megan Fox's April O'Neil. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Homegirl cannot act, first of all. I'm oh, just saying it. Shots fired. Shots fired. She can't act. She's beautiful. She's hot. Um, we saw all that in Transformers, you know, and like she's still working, but pro- she's working. But I don't think, you know, in my mind, April O'Neil's like a serious journalist who's awesome and kick ass and like, no. Okay. So <laughs> childhood TV show. TV show. Yeah. Um, I would love to see her. Honestly, I love, I love the thing for camp shows. I love Salute Your Shorts. I would love for that to come back. It's a really funny show. I think you could watch it now and it'd be really funny. Um, it's just kids at camp, but they're all like preteens, teenagers. Mm. So they're all like figuring out who the hell they are. They're all figuring out who they like, how to go about it. It's f- and they're all like messing with the counselors and things like it's funny. Um, that and there was like a show called Bug Juice, which was like our t- little baby reality TV show on Disney Channel <laughs> that I really loved. Um, if they brought those back, that'd be cool. As like you should like talking about a live remake or like a, yeah or like a, a a modern reimagining. Are you afraid of the dark? But make it like really scary. But you wouldn't watch it. Yes, I would. For that, I would. <laughs> I would totally. I would commit. I'm a fan. All right. That scared the bejesus out of me as a child. Ooh, the clowns. <laughs> the clowns. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I imagine it was like watching. Like I read a lot of Goosebumps, so I imagine it's like that level of horror. Probably. I don't like, read Goosebumps. I also watched Babysitter's Club. That I read the whole series. I that was, would make a good... Well, I mean... They did turn that into a live movie. Um, it was okay. It wasn't bad. <laughs> but, it, you know, I wasn't raving. When they did the Saved by the Bell reunion where Zach and Kelly get married, I died. If anyone <laughs> else out there is also a Saved by the Bell fan and loved it, I, like, fell over myself. Did you hear about this? Um, they're... I don't know if it's premiered or not, but they they made a show. They're making a show Riverdale, which is basically a gritty modern version of Archie comics. Okay, yeah, that's cute. It's like the CW version of Archie. I mean, some of the remakes work, and some of them don't. Like, I'm honestly really look. I've never been into comics really growing mm-hmm. up. I, my comic was uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Uh huh. If they somehow successfully did that, which I think people know that it's hard to do that, which is why they haven't touched it. It's not going to do. They're not going to do it because um, Bill Watterson, the 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 artist, yeah, is notoriously famous for not signing away the rights to. Like that's why there's good no, for him because there, no I wouldn't want to ruin it. Yeah, yeah, it's like very sacred as a cartoon. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Cripes, <laughs> forgot it. It's okay. I'm trying to think of what I would want to see. Um, not a power. Like, I wonder if they can, because during that time there was like a lot of of Power Ranger lights. Like mm-hmm. there were like VR troopers, or like. Um, I'm sorry, but when there was a moment in Power Rangers, I was like, "Are they collaborating with Transformers?" Like, <laughs> well, that was the thing. Like, so Super <laughs> Sentai, which is which is what this is um, show is based on. Um, like the original show, basically, all the actors um, 
filmed their parts in America, but all like the everything in costume and the robots were all taken from the Japanese show. Okay. Right. See, I didn't. And yeah, but I was like, that oh. was all about like that was pretty much inspired by you know the Voltron, like the different uh, pieces coming together to form a giant robot. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I used to make those for my little brothers. Oh yeah, my little brothers, my little brother. <laughs> he he watched um, Transformers and he loved Gundam Wings. So mm. like I would make all that. You would make those models. I didn't watch it, that but would I was take like, a long time. Those I are, loved it. Those are some I was tough, like, tough modeling. It was fun. It's <laughs> like I got this. You're too little. Give it to me. <laughs> well, speaking of comic book and comic book remakes, I think we need to because it's been a while. We haven't touched on it. We need to talk about this Iron Fist thing that's been happening. Sure. I'm not <laughs> full disclaimer. I've just been reading up on it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. I don't have any desire to, and um, I feel like I have a responsibility to watch it. So and I'm like, why do I do that to myself? Let's talk about that because um, it's the same thing I feel about the Ghost in the Shell movie where oh, I, watched that. I actually think it looks really good mm-hmm. in terms of like the way they they adapted the world from the anime and how faithful it looks, except the casting. And that's kind of... I don't have a desire to watch it because of that. Okay. And it kind of like makes me annoyed because I, if it was everything but that, I would totally watch the shit out of that. Well, everyone's, I feel like a lot of people this past week have been watching it to get their assessment. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe I should, yeah. yeah, maybe I should watch it this weekend. Uh, sacrifice. Half so an here's. Hour. Is it half an hour? How long is it? It's, uh, it's six episodes, probably an hour each. I'm not watching six. <laughs> I can assess from one. I mean,. <laughs> There's been a lot of think pieces, a lot of people talking about um, like whether or not the outrage is justified or not and things like that. And like there are things that I can understand, things like that, that, but things I also don't understand, right? So the basic premise for those of you who haven't been following this controversy is um, two years ago, um, Netflix announced that they were going to be making a version of Iron Fist, which is a obscure you know how marvel's been doing taking d-list action heroes and turning them into like critically acclaimed tv shows like jessica jones like um lucas cage like luke cage lucas cage luke cage um and now they're doing iron fist and then um there was this big movement to get them to cast an asian american to play iron fist because of um because diversity because diversity um even though the in the original incarnation the character was a white dude um the fact that they casted the white dude kind of sucks but i can see why they did it if they want to stay original. um i mean the argument there is the original series came out at a time during like the whole bruce lee kung fu craze where everyone wanted their own kung fu master but not you have this um like kung fuification, like this David Carradine or this Chuck Norrisification of where <laughs> you want your kung fu action, you want your Bruce Lee type action, but you also want a white dude. I'm just having right. like a massive montage of all these films right now. <laughs> Specifically, I don't know why this is sticking out so much in my head, but Karate yeah. Kid with like the yeah. blonde guy who's like the main villain. Yeah. It's like, come on, crew. And it's like all these guys <laughs> who look like they left rugby practice. Right. Sorry, that's a dick thing to say. But like, really, they left lacrosse and then came to do karate and like they're going to, I don't know. What's well, this whole area, era where, you know, you wanted your Bruce Lee. Like Bruce Lee proved that Kung Fu was awesome. But you didn't want to use an Asian character because it wouldn't. You you didn't believe that audiences would resonate. Well, who right? knows what they're because 
blank. You don't yeah. know why. They just wanted they they Here's my thing. Like they took a liking to the kung fu. They wanted to have their version of it, so they made it. And now it's just kind of like it's been decades of this stuff, yeah. right? So it becomes that narrative of, oh, here is a white dude Asianing better than everyone else. But I I don't think that that was their original intent. And like if we I'm calling it out for what it is. It's boring and it's just not accurate. It's not for me for me personally not compelling. It's not historically accurate. It has no it loses many layers of depth and like nuance that I think would be so much more compelling and so much more interesting and so much more like artistic, honestly, more creative mm-hmm. if you brought in someone who actually it is part of their well, yeah. the fabric of who they are and culturally. But I'm saying intent intent wise i don't believe they were intentionally being like well screw asian people i want to do this so that we can make well, white people better than I'm asians not, i'm not saying that's what the people who made the tv shows do i'm saying that's I'm not, i know that was, not, that's from what like the comic books from that era where yeah where no i get that. you're not so, saying like, that i'm to, saying like the people who are arguing that oh they're trying to like erase asian people I don't well, think they're trying to erase. They are erasing them, but they're doing that for like stupid, selfish, well, I mean, like creative reasons. Yeah, here's the thing with that is um, the frustrating thing is the other like so the other two um, or the other three, the other three Netflix Marvel series, Daredevil, um, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are all really, really good for the reason that they do subvert things. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not about. It's not nothing in them is very um, cliche, right? Uh, Jessica Jones is a very personal story about abuse, mm-hmm. right? That's th- their whole story is about a superpowered woman who is who was taken advantage of mentally and physically mm-hmm. by the villain who is, by all accounts, like a sexual abuser, right? And I will kick their ass. Um, Luke Cage is like what a superpowered person who's black. Mm-hmm. Living in today's world and what that means, right? Right, and then Daredevil, um, a, sh- a show where the main hero is blind, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you come to Iron Fist, and it's like, oh, here is your typical story about white dude raised in, like, you've seen the story over and over again, Dances with Wolves, you know, <laughs> like white dude goes to exotic land, the learns, learns to be more exotic, and then comes home and like. Teaches everyone else how to be Asian or exotic, right? He's yeah. like speaking ni hao to the Asian girl and getting with her. He's using chopsticks. He's praying a Buddha before he eats. Like he's not wearing shoes. It's like it's a very, um, it's subtle. But for those of us who've seen these narr- narratives and know this guy, like we all know this guy who like studied abroad in China. Or Here's my thing. Okay, I, yeah. if I've I've met and I've dated like <laughs> white guys who have a really genuine appreciation for Asian culture, whether that's Korean, like they lived in Korea, mm-hmm. whatever, or other cultures. Period. Like you know, you could be like a really huge German file, <laughs> you, you know, you're a fi- like a Francophile, whatever. Like you just kind of like really gravitate towards something and you you want to kind of pay homage to it make it part of like i love their lifestyle love their art and i like to cook their food there's nothing wrong with that fundamentally but there's something about the asian experience that gets very like we're just trying i'm trying to explain this for people who like (laughs) are are sitting there going like what the hell is a big deal there's a very big element of a very superficial scratch the surface fetishized kind of um 
I think the the fundamental problem for me is the ratio, I guess. If like in the grand scheme of things, there was all this Asian content, like authentic, real stories about true Kung Fu masters, about people who really studied being a samurai and being whatever. Like if there was an abundance of that and then like here on the sidelines, the outlier is the white dude who wants to like really truly appreciate it and kind of like live in those shoes. Cool. Great. But I think it's the fact that the majority of the the stories that exist about Asian cultures are through white dude being Asian master. Yeah, it's like it's ridiculous, and we are in the midst of this like change, right? I'm not I'm not saying like we're it's still 1985 when you know, but the fact that it's still happening, I think there is place for people to have pushback and be like, "What are you kidding me?" Yeah, this was a this was a show made. Before last year. Yeah. Right. It's, it, yeah, exactly. Right. And like, where in the spectrum of the timeline did it happen? So I'm not excusing yeah. it. I, I understand from both sides. And I'm glad people are speaking out about this because this is what it is going to prompt the yeah. shift. Right. People are talking. And I think um, it's, it's good that we can talk about it and we can bring up what bothers us about it because I think that's important to like express that instead of accepting it as oh that's just the way hollywood's gonna be absolutely right yeah um the other really damning thing that i've I've heard about it and i again i haven't seen it and is that the fight scenes are kind of sucky apparently oh i've heard that i heard that's the worst thing that could happen i heard that it's just bad that's why i think more than anything why i don't want to watch it yeah um maybe i'll just do it and um, I, I I understand the arguments. I'm not feeling personally, and like considering all the fights that we fight, right? Yeah. I'm not feeling as riled up about it should have been cast as an Asian guy. I see where people are coming from. I'm glad that that point is being made. I personally don't feel really compelled to like push it because, like, again, let's make new characters. This is a comic that was written like yeah years ago. Like, let's get mad and then and then what? Who's going to write the next thing then? Let's all step up to the... And that's what's happening. I'm not saying that that's not happening, but that's more where um, my mind and my heart... I feel more compelled to to action and to like write and talk about, oh, this is the cool shit that's happening in light of this nonsense. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I feel very blessed because we're in circles of people where we see, we know on the ground it's happening. It's happening. And it's about making the right connections and getting it polished the right way, learning how to do screenwriting class. And like people are working their butts off. So I think that's what I'm trying to like assuage and like (laughs) console everybody out there that movement is happening. And I think it all is a matter of us voicing our different perspectives on it. That's going to move the needle. You know what I mean? We can't just be like, oh, this sucks. This sucks. This sucks. This sucks. Yeah. This sucks because this and then now we're going to blank. Right. Yay. Done. Okay. Um, I was looking through our emails and we kind of answered some of them okay. through our other topics. Huzzah. So uh, instead, let's just make this, uh, I'm changing the rundown on the spot. Um, we're doing this live. Um, let's just make this an episode of just catching up on what we missed while we were at South by Southwest. Yes. Um, we're going to take a quick break right now. We'll be right back with a little bit more from me and Minji. Uh, stay tuned. Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Thanks again for listening to The Collabcast. This is episode 112. Um, this podcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community. You can find out more about Collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org 
where you can also find our blog, video, and podcast offerings, and check out our calendar for upcoming events across the nation. Uh, This podcast is also part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts from the Asian American community featuring shows offering fresh perspectives and unique stories. You can check out all the great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. Each week, I like to plug a different show in the collective, and this week, I want to plug Books and Boba, which is a podcast that I host along with Rira Yu. Um, it's a book club podcast where we feature books written by Asian and Asian American authors. This weekend, we're releasing our mid-month episode for March, where we go over new releases, um, book news, and also feature a great interview with T. Bui, the author and illustrator of The Best We Can Do, a graphic memoir of her family's journey from Vietnam to America as refugees. You can find that podcast and more really great programming at the Potluck Collective. Again, the website is podcastpotluck.com. And I guess that'll do it for this break. Um, stay tuned to collaboration.org for more updates from our trip to South by Southwest. We'll be putting up pictures and video in the coming weeks. And with that, let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the Collabcast. It's episode 112. Um, 112 112 Cupid You don't know what I'm singing I have no idea <sighs> Can you Aren't believe we... it's almost the end of March already? Yes I know we talk about time a lot, but damn I was in the middle of prepping for my best friend's bachelorette That I was complaining about a year ago that was... Oh Cause, yeah, Good times I, was... <laughs> I know <laughs> Which I'm writing about, I gotta write about it Yeah I was okay. to get her permission be like, Linda, is that cool? <laughs> So we uh, we decided late last segment that we're going to keep this train going and just catch up on things on our minds that we didn't get to talk about while we were in South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you have an email sent to us, you can send it to us at collaboration at podcast at collaboration.org. There we go. Um, but did you catch this thing about the BBC interview? Yes. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. Cute kids. Oh, yeah. We never talked about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into outrage of like, oh, the, the mom's not the nanny. I mean, we can talk about that. We don't have to like harp on it. Yeah, but. That um, little kid is so cute. Yeah, such swagger. She's adorable. <laughs> I want to walk into life like her. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm doing the walk, you guys. <laughs> She's so cute. For those of you who didn't catch the story and weren't on the internet at all the last two weeks, um, this guy, I don't have his name. I should have prepared better. But he was doing a BBC interview about the situation in North Korea in his bedroom. And then... Very serious topic. Apparently forgot to lock the door. So his daughter just like strolls in with like this uber swaggerific like on fleek walk. I mean, isn't that right? Totally lit. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, she was totally lit. Not literally lit, but, you know, figuratively. Cause Who knows? It's Korea. <laughs> And then her baby brother comes in in his little like stroller mover little walker. thingy. <laughs> Just starts goofing off in back of the um She's chilling. Of the She's interview living her life. During a live BBC interview. And then the mom like bursts in, swoops in, grabs both kids and like runs out. She drags them out. Yeah. <laughs> Such a Korean mom thing. So it's funny because like as a as a Korean person, I was like, oh God, there there she goes. But a lot of other people were freaking out. Yeah. And the assumption that she was the nanny was just yeah, all over was, everywhere. Yeah. I guess someone tweeted about, oh, Nanny got 
the kids like a UK publication put yeah. it like as a headline like like a nanny is f- fearful for her life and like blah 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 um yeah that wasn't my assumption I was like he lives in Korea he got a Korean wife and he made some babies <laughs> like that was my I didn't I personally didn't have that assumption but when I heard that other people assumed that I was like of course they did <laughs> yeah right Not it's so kind of more of like a yeah course it's it's annoying though but it's like it's a reality that has been talked about in other ethnicities as well before with black black and white couple like just interracial couples of all different kinds and that women get walked up to in parks and stuff like oh how long you've been like with the family like (laughs) watching their children you know right it's a bigger much bigger much more layered conversation but i'm glad again it's uncomfortable to talk about it but it's necessary so i'm glad that it it is or it was I was more interested in this guy doing a interview with BBC in his what appears to be his bedroom. I think it's like his office. Yeah, but I feel like I mean we have to. It's a very it was a very like timely thing. You probably couldn't. Yeah, have t- have I mean as, as a producer, I'm like, can you get like a better frame? No, or he didn't shot? have time, man. And he I was had... looking at him like that guy's definitely not wearing pants. It's a time sensitive <laughs> issue. That's your. That's you. That's all you, Marv. But like I kind of I've been in that situation. I, I had to do a Skype interview for grad school, and I definitely was wearing pajama bottoms. Oh, I've done that. I did. I did a photo shoot for collab for like my um, director photo with like a nice button up shirt while I was wearing sweats. <laughs> like I was like, you know, it changes your stance. My my bigger gripe with that whole thing was like how the dad treated his kids. He was like pushing. He looked so irritated. I was like. She's not trying to ruin your interview. Yeah. Just like be cute about it. Like uh, He was probably low key freaking out. I'm sure he was freaking out. He's talking about North Korea. It's a very like loaded, but I was kind of like, it would have been more endearing if he just said like, here's my daughter. (laughs) Okay. Bye. You know, like, but he straight up looks so mad. Anyway, that's my, more my issue with it. But, um, because I wasn't surprised that she was the mom, but for everybody else who was surprised, what do you know? Think about it. Why did think you, about that? Why did you think that? Yeah. Hmm. And do you have pre? Are you? Did you prejudge? And maybe next time, take that experience with you. Next time you think about something, think again or think more. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, like you hear this the 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 the, the um the example you meant mentioned of parents in the parks. Like I've heard that from my friends too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a real thing. How'd you get this gig? <laughs> Rude. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Other things we missed. I'm just scrolling down Angry Asian Man. because I really want to... Off topic tangent. Uh-huh. I really want to have another um, dating episode. Okay. We did that once in 112... I was just realizing. We've had 112 episodes. We only did that once. I mean, we talk about dating in like on and off. Ish, but no, I want to... We need like a, a relation. We we missed our window at Valentine's That's Day. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at our calendar no. and I was like, that was over a month ago. What's the next like love day? Every day is love day, Marvin. <laughs> I could talk about this all day, every day. What's the pager code for love again? I love you. 143. Oh, Are we, you crazy? We missed that too. What do you mean? When would that be? One. The 43rd day <laughs> the of January, obviously. <laughs> like, what day is that? Um, wait, when is a, what is Korean love day? There's a there's other love days, right? There's we a, do. There's a Chinese love day too. There's Pocky Day, isn't that one eleven? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't keep. Well, up. well, we'll do another relationship. That fast. was just a tangent because I was yeah. looking at this calendar and we're like, we totally missed. You're it. You have to pick your dream team of um, 
relationship I have a dream team. I think I, I like getting everybody's perspective from wherever they are in their life with whatever experience they have. I think everybody has input on the subject. Yeah. Ergo. How about we ask people to send in questions? We should have people send in questions. Yeah. If you would like to send us questions for our upcoming love episode. That'd be funny if we got like um, the dating life of creatives. That's like a unique thing. Yeah. How does how does one date when they are? I just want to get um Nancy Byun our um, wait no. I just want to get Nancy our former uh, collaboration Honolulu, Honolulu director. And she and I could for talk her for to days. share her hashtag dating disaster stories. Yeah, because she's had quite a few. Yeah, Nancy, had, Nancy by the way is the reason things. for um Gashgate um twenty fifteen. Gash on my head. Was she? Oh, she was. Oh, she was. That was Campfest? Yeah. Yeah. Ha ha ha. No, she has great stories. I have really unique stories too. I just don't yeah. talk about them. <laughs> well, you should save them for this very special episode. And if you all have some. Or if we cannot have that all in one episode, I'm sorry. It's not if you all time. want to contribute ask with questions or stories that you'd like to share on the podcast for our upcoming love episode, we're doing this. We're going to set a, a. Let's do. April or April twenty first. Actually, no, you'll be gone. Mm. Uh, what? Our April seventh episode. Let's set it for that. That's day for my mom's birthday. All right. Uh, send us an email at podcast at collaboration dot org with the subject line love stories or love questions. What else do we All right, miss out th- on? The calls out. Uh, Disney premiered Andy Mack, a new family sitcom about an Asian American family. Is that the thing on YouTube? First episode is available on YouTube now. It stars um, Elizabeth Tom, um, Lilan Bowden, who yes! we know from Voltron, and it's um, amazing. Our friend Will Choi's uh, comedy shows, and introducing Peyton Elizabeth Lee as the main character. It's a uh, mixed race family, um, Chinese, and with a Chinese mom and a white dad. Um, who have a very unique relationship. So did you, were you able to catch the pilot at all? No, I didn't. Okay. Again, so... my streak of not watching things <laughs> continues really bad. So there is a very um, big twist that happens in the first episode. Um, but if you haven't watched it, do you plan on watching it? I'll watch it. I, I commit. I okay. Need to, I need to be better. Okay. So I won't spoil it for you, but it actually is very, um, very un-Disney. Like, it's... A, it's I mean, Disney's touched touchy subjects before, mm-hmm. but I don't think they've gone like. What is a touchy for. subject? Like teen pregnancy. Oh, that's super important. Yeah, there have been. Uh, yeah, well, Disney, no, yeah, there have been <laughs> other shows I think that have brought that up, but yeah, really important subject to talk about. Yeah, so um, for those of you who want to check it out, the first episode is out on YouTube. It's Andy Mac, A-N-D-I-M-A-C-K. And it's uh, super cute. Uh, super cute. since Minji hasn't watched that, we can... Uh, I want to go watch Get Out t- again. We can talk about it later. Get Out, so good. Uh, let's see, what else, what else, what else? Oh, I've been reading again. That's good. Um, so there's this new book called The Best We Can Do. It's a graphic novel, actually. It's Is that what you were reading yesterday? Novel. Yeah. Um, by T. Bui. We're actually going to talk to the author on my other podcast, uh, Books and Boba. Check it out. Uh, new episode coming out this weekend. Um, but it's basically a memoir of her family's journey from Vietnam to America. 
Very cool. Like basically, she she's she was doing what you were doing, which is trying to extract as much story as possible from her parents and from her uh, because her grandparents were all didn't come over. Yeah, and piecing she pieced together her family story from before from yeah from before the Second World War all the way to the present day in in the Bay Area. Wow. And it is a piecing together because I mean that's just fact about memory is that it's it's not entirely accurate. Yeah. I've heard a lot of my family stories from different perspectives and there's certain things that overlap and you're like, "Oh, so that's fact." And then everything else is kind of interpretation. Yeah. And it's a really really, really cool. easy read because it's a graphic novel, but it's super it's it's really good for those of you who are interested in especially this refugee experience that isn't really talked much about in American media. It's a, I'd recommend you pick it up because it's, it's real, real good. Um, but it's interesting because, and then this goes, we can go back to our favorite topic, which is talking to our parents. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's inspired me to maybe, I don't know. I, I want to go back. Cause my mom's been recording a lot of my grandfather's um, stories. I only have one grandfather. Le- I only have one grandfather left. Um, he, just turned 100. Oh. Um, and he, he fought in World War II. So he's kind of, um, he loves to talk. So he just talks on and on and on. My mom just like puts a, her Apple phone, her iPhone up and records it. Aww. But, you know, to be able to like take his stories and turn it into some sort of content is something that I'm, I'm looking into. Do it, Mark. Um, That'd be awesome. But yeah, it's really interesting. Um, even like in this story. So in, in, in the book, The Best We Could Do, uh, she talks about how her dad, now that she's like old enough to want to ask, like once her dad opened up, he opens up about everything. Whereas her mom is more guarded and like would rather like she learns about her mom's story from her mom talking to her husband about it mm. than talking to her about it. I mean, everybody, that's same thing that I'm learning through talking to my grandma, my parents, it's just like my whole life. Everybody has their very, very strong reasons why they do or don't want to share. Um, and it's crazy because when I, and it's weird that I didn't ask for so long, but in any case, I think we have limited time in general. Yeah. I'm a very like, we all, this might be like why I am the way I am, but I always had this like maybe irrational fear since I was little. Like I was obsessed with, maybe I watched Batman too many times, but I was just like, what if we all die? Or what if my parents died tomorrow? What if they got, you know, oh. I, I would, I would have these different thoughts, um, my parents are alive and they're great and I love them. But I never like, had I any crises with mortality as a kid. My brother had a breakdown once when he was like, I didn't break down. I just seven. had like a long persevering <laughs> fear. <laughs> what do you have a breakdown about? I'll just like, Oh, I'm going to die. One oh, day, you know? <laughs> I didn't think about me dying. I actually care more about like, what if everyone around me that I love dies? I think that's mm. my biggest, biggest, you know, fear. I was, and still now, I'm like, I, if I die, then I die. I'm gone. But like, and I still have a lot of things I want to do and I'll be pretty pissed. But I think it's a very, um, what's it called? Care. That's a very fatalist. Um, We're all going to die though. Yeah. But that's, that's the funny thing that I realized when I talked to my dad is that um, he was kind of mean to, not mean, but he was very uh, cut to the chase. He's very blunt about like, we're all going to die. And I would cry and be like, why are you talking about that? But it's true. <laughs> And I think the the fact that he always talked to me about it made me feel more of an urgency in life to do what I wanted. I'm like, there's a finite amount of time and we don't know when that's going to 
happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so good positive spin on it is like make it count when you got it because you really don't know. And if you have irrational fears, go to therapy, <laughs> get help <laughs> and meditate because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. So, so time is finite. So like, yeah, talk to your grandfather when you can. Talk to your and, family, and especially your those of you who are like 1.5 second generation immigrants. Like everybody, those yeah. are really, really like those are important stories to document. And it's gonna be tough because, well, sometimes it'll be tough. Sometimes it might be okay. Like people come to this country for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, but um, it was. I don't think it was ever an easy reason, like an easy decision to come. Right. If it was an easy decision, it was probably not an easy process. Yeah. That whole journey is uncomfortable. But kind of the same thing, like talking to your parents. I think some of the most rewarding things that I've ever done in my life were the ones that made me extremely uncomfortable mm. and made me sad or made me upset or made me just feel awkward as hell. Because <laughs> my parents, on certain topics, I'm like the button pusher. Mm. Like, let's talk about relationships. How long did you date? And they're like, shut up, Minji. Don't talk to me about it. And we're like, no, I don't know. And some part of me revels in that. Oh. Like, okay. Yeah. Like Tell the, me all your feelings and thoughts. I think it's just a natural, like the thought of your parents being like sexual beings is very. That's not even where icky. I was going, but thank you for introducing that. I was talking about more romantic things. Oh, I was. Okay. Like the wooing and the, <laughs> the courtship. Not ew, but no, it's fine. I mean. Not the getting it on. It's fine. I'm glad that they love each other. I'm glad that they're affectionate. Like, they haven't been affectionate until the last, like, 10 years. Really? Yeah. I never saw them hug or kiss or anything. Is that Korean thing or? It's a very Asian thing. It's a very parent thing. Mm. There's, I, I don't imagine, I imagine there's other cultures besides Asian culture where parent, you know, parents are very asexual with that's each other. True. But that's such an important, I don't know. I'm getting into family psychology now. But it's such an important part of, yeah, like, knowing how to build a relationship. Yeah. So. So, um, yeah. Check out the best we could do by T. Bui. <laughs> I recommend it, and it will it will inspire you to have these conversations. Yes. Yes. Um, let's see. I was inspired by other people talking to their families. I was like, I should talk to mine. Yeah. So we're spreading the good word. All right. Don't I blame think, us if it gets really awkward and bad. <laughs> I think the last thing I wanted to do is um, let's just do our last thoughts about. South by because we didn't have a chance to really um, process it uh, last week. Um, How do you feel now that's over? I feel I feel energized for the next one. Um, the last hopefully the last words that I put out there about these festivals. Did I talk about I talked about this with Melissa how like I was shocked at how many artists we knew didn't apply. Did I talk about that? I'm not sure. Okay, well, to to reiterate, yeah, it's like six whole days ago. I don't remember what we record. I don't remember what I did yesterday. So anyway, it's a new day. It's like what do you call it? Fifty first dates, like, (laughs) and we're starting all over again. Um, The thing with the bigger conversation we're having about what collaboration stands for, or like what we promote, um, it's not, it's not a conversation end all be all on the problem. And we didn't go to South by to exacerbate the problem. We went there to address it, right? And us being there, hopefully having this conversation was part of the solution. And um, those are the kinds of people I've been around 
increasingly through collaboration and just being kind of part of the Asian American community with other partners that I freaking adore and respect so much. Um, the people I gravitate towards are the people who get up and do things right. Um, again, it causes some discomfort because you're going into the unknown. You're going to have conversations that might ruffle feathers. And, um, in that vein, we got to be mindful of how we go about it. So I try not to just bitch for bitching sake, Mm -hmm. but hopefully come up with something constructive, right? To be educational or informative and just be honest. And that can be hard to do. But my honest opinion with South by and with other festivals like Coachella, Bonnaroo, whatever, like if we're trying to impact culture, we can't just complain. Um, And the, the artists, like we're here to support them, but also to call out creatives and say, as creatives, we have a responsibility to hustle as well, which I know everybody does. And let's help each other be more strategic about that hustle because South by is not the end all be all, but there are people from major labels and from just from an infrastructure that could actually advance you forward than maybe other people could. And those opportunities are real. And so what we want to do is help let people know that they exist and the benefits of that might make you come up out of your pocket a little bit might require a little bit extra work, but let's be strategic and smart about how we go about making change. You know, Um, there's some people who are going to just write it off and be like, Oh, well this festival or that festival is mainstream. It's stupid. But like, if you want to be a working artist, maybe it behooves you to be there. Right. And you choose whichever one works for you. Um, But choose and then do something about it. Apply. I was really shocked that um, a lot of the the artists that I've talked to, Asian American and not, a lot of them haven't applied to be at a place like South By. It costs like, I think Early Bird is like $35. Um, Dude, actors pay hundreds of dollars for acting classes. You know what I mean? And hundreds of dollars for a headshot. It costs money. It's You got to invest in yourself. So that's my like closing thought is like, this is just the beginning of something really great. And I hope that it sparked interest and research and enthusiasm and like determination from artists of color, people who feel like they have something to offer and haven't... um, made those waves for whatever reason, either financially or they just don't have the confidence or they don't know if it's worth it. Just go for it. Like, please. Word. Word. All right. What are your th- closing thoughts? So much going on. We need a better plan next year. Oh, yeah. To attend things. I think we did great <laughs> for our first first go at it. Yeah, no, I'm just, um, I want to know how we can come back and do more. Like, present more, bring more people. You know, have more of a presence. And that's that's where my head's at. Yeah. Um, and on that note, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Collabcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, again, this was episode 112. Now I'm going to sing 112 all day. 112. Dance 112. Me, dance this is the 112 song. Backseat pimp. Uh, looking at me. <laughs> I can tell in your eyes that you're feeling me. If you have a question, and I really want feedback, you to get close or to me, so uh, topic suggestions for us, you can email us always at podcast at collaboration.org. And if you have something to submit to our uh, upcoming dating and love episode, um, please do so um, with the subject love episode. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts through our RSS feeds. Um, please give us a rating review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And thanks to Alex Wang and Run River North for use of their song 29 for this week's 
intro and outro. And thank you to Pandora, Mix TV, Mondo Entertainment, to Prohibition 1920, mm. to Asahi. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, we yeah. got to... Oh, okay, fine. This is not the end of South by. Sorry. We got to talk... That story is so dope. Yeah, yeah. I really want to talk we'll about talk that. About, we'll talk about... We'll bring it back. Yeah, but yeah. thank you to our partners who helped make our South by experience possible um, and supporting us because this was awesome and we're we're getting going and we're going to keep going. Yeah. All right, thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.